This is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and we are in chapter 41 of Isaiah. And he makes a case against what was going on in his people. They were observing the idols of the others around them and kind of had absorbed that culture and um, forsake the Lord. And so he, he brings this case before his people by Isaiah in verses 21 through 29 of chapter 41. He says, Set forth your case, says the Lord. Bring your proofs, says the king of Jacob. Let them bring them and tell us what is to happen. Tell us the former things, what they are, that we may consider them, that we may know their outcome. Or declare to us the things to come. Tell us what is to come hereafter, that we may know that you are gods. Do good or do harm, that we may be dismayed and terrified. Behold, you are nothing, and your work is less than nothing, and abomination is he who chooses you. I stirred up one from the north, and he has come from the rising of the sun, and he shall call upon my name. He shall trample on rulers as on mortar, as the potter treads clay. Who declared it from the beginning that we might know, and beforehand that we might say, He is right. There was none who declared it, none who proclaimed, none who heard your words. I was the first to say to Zion, Behold, here they are, and I give to Jerusalem a herald of good news. But when I look, there is no one. Among these, there is no counselor. Who, when I ask, gives an answer. Behold, they are all a delusion. Their works are nothing. Their metal images are empty wind. God is, is saying to them, Okay, you want to believe in idols? Let's put these things on trial. Bring him like you would to the king. He's going to put a quandary before you. And let's see what proves out. And he gives them several different trials. Okay. Tell us what is to happen. So if these are gods of any kind, they could tell you the future. Okay, that doesn't work. So tell us the former things, what they are, that we may consider them. Let's have this conversation like, um, if, if these are gods, then why can't we, we have this conversation about the former things? That we may know their outcome and figure it out logically together. Oh, we can't do that either. You can almost hear that in the middle of these commas. Or declare to us the things to come. Tell us what is to come hereafter that we may know that you are gods. Do good or do harm. Like, do you have any effect whatsoever, good or bad, that we may be dismayed and terrified? Like... Honest to goodness, this is a waste of metal. This is a waste of resources, is what God is saying. And 
Behold, you are nothing, and your work is less than nothing. You take, he's basically saying you take from people work, but you don't give anything back to them. But the abomination was not the idol. An abomination is he who chooses you. So he's talking to these idols, and he's saying, it's not you that is the abomination. But the abomination is the one who chooses to believe in an idol rather than believing in a living God when he knows better. And then God declares something that is to come. God declares some of the former things. God declares the outcome. God declares the things to come. In these next verses, he says, I stirred up one from the north, and he has come from the rising of the sun, and he shall call upon my name. He shall trample on rulers as on mortar, as the potter treads clay, who declared it from the beginning that we might know, and beforehand that we might say he is right. There was none who declared it, none who proclaimed, none who heard your words. I was the first to say to Zion, behold, here they are. And I give to Jerusalem a herald of good news. So here it is. The bad, I'm going to bring rulers, I'm going to bring up one that is going to trample on rulers as on mortar. I'm the one who declared it first. Nobody declared it. Um, I give to Jerusalem a herald of good news because I was the first, and I was the first to say that. And then verse 28, but when I look, there is no one. Among these, so you brought these idols to me, but there is no counselor among them. They don't, they don't give an answer to anything I ask. They are all a delusion. You're tricking yourselves. Their works are nothing. Their metal images, those who worship them, their metal images are empty wind. So what's interesting about that is I think we have recreated that in Facebook. Like idols were a reason to do what you really wanted to do anyway. Or say what you really wanted to say anyway. Well, you know, I'm just saying this because whoever the God was that proclaimed that or I... You know, we have to we have to get drunk because this is the feast of whatever the God was that you wanted to serve. You could pick your God. There were lots of them. That's why there is a pantheon. Um that's why there is you know numerous stories of various gods from various places that sound remarkably like one another. And we find them very arbitrary and very mythological because we know that they actually didn't do anything. There was no harm or no good done. And God is telling us 
okay, <laughs> these things are, you're working with them. You're, you're, you're basing your life on these things. You remove yourselves from taking responsibility by these things. Just kind of like it's easier to comment on somebody's post in a harsh way, or it's easier to, to, um, say things that you normally wouldn't say in person, but because you're removed or you're in this different situation that you constructed, you feel safer to say these things. The same happened with these idols. And God is saying, here's the problem. It doesn't change the idol at all. The idol is still a piece of metal that somebody car somebody smelted and formed. But it changes you. You become an abomination. Because you're worshiping desolation. You're worshiping emptiness. You become a delusion because you're being deluded by your own thoughts. This is a really, really honest, raw passage here. This is a heavy passage. And God's not saying this to diss people. He's not saying this to make them angry. Although they do get angry at Isaiah. And at God. They're already dismissive or angry at God. And he's saying this. Remember, Isaiah's prophesying at a time that was still profitable. Isaiah's prophesying at a time before all of this destruction happens, when threats happen, but they don't come to pass yet. When Sennacherib comes to the gates and Hezekiah spreads everything before the Lord and the Lord turns back the Assyrian army. We have to remember what time this was in. This wasn't after the devastation. This was before. And the reason God is telling them this is because he loves them enough that he wants to save the remnant that is going to listen. He wants to save the remnant that is going to go, wait a minute, Isaiah's right. We're tricking ourselves. And we can point at other people and say, oh, they do that. We all do that. And we all need God's words to us. And we all need to surrender those idols and quit working on idleness and start worshiping our creator and living the way he asks us to. And that requires real honesty. So this passage is harsh, but it's not harsh because God doesn't love. He's already stated his love. He's already stated his redemption. He's already stated that he's going to save Israel despite themselves. But he's saying here, this is why I had to. 
This is what mind trick you did on yourselves to end up in that spot. Father God, you are a father. You are our father. Our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. God, help us to understand that all of this world and anything that can possibly be said or done does not hold a candle or an equal to you in any way. There is no counselor. There is nobody that declared things before you. You declare things. You are the beginning and the end. God, we thank you for that. Because you're faithful when we are not. But God, open our hearts. Break the hard pieces off. Shake them off and help us to beat our hearts to beat according to the beat that you have set for them. Help us to do the good that you had appointed for us from the beginning of the world. Forgive us when we miss it. Thank you, Lord, for all your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. This is Train by Grace 2, and if you're listening to this podcast, I wanted to say thank you. And there are various things you can do as a next step. Number one, if you need to know more about Jesus being your Savior and Lord, please get a hold of me via email at trainedbygrace2, all one word, trainedbygrace, trained, T-R-A-I-N-E-D, grace 2 at gmail.com. And put in the subject line podcast um, for all of these options. So if you need to know more about Jesus, please get a hold of me. Or someone you know who knows Christ. Um, if you would like to be part of this prod- podcast proclaiming his excellencies, you can put subject line podcast. would like to be part of proclaiming God's excellencies. If you would like to have a resource, have a Bible sent to you, please put that in the email. If you have a prayer request, put that in the email. So thank you for getting in touch with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And may you be blessed um, and know Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And remember, you are one of God's excellencies. <music>